up, guys, and welcome back to the Celtics Fifth Quarter. I'm joined today by my good friend Jack, who is filling in for Billy, who can't make it on the show tonight. Before we get into the rundown of the game, I'll let Jack do a quick intro of himself. What's up, guys? My name's Jack. Um, I went to high school with Brian. Um, we've talked about the Celtics before on previous podcasts. I'm now a sophomore at UNH. I'm excited to be back talking about the Celtics again. Yeah, and I'm excited to have you back on the show. Celtics got the win tonight. They won 102-94 to 94 in a game that they pretty much did not deserve to win. Uh, did not think they played well throughout pretty much the entire game. What do, you, what do you think the main reason for that was? I mean, I think an important part of why they were struggling so much on the offensive end was they were shooting a lot of threes, um, deep twos, because they started off the game attacking and had decent success. I'm not going to say they were like scoring every time, but they were they were they were getting some baskets. And then all of a sudden, they started to like pull a lot of shots out to the three point line. It might have had something to do with Embiid's pressure or who knows what. But they stopped attacking the rim like they have been doing all series and pulled out to the three point line. And I think that was really a detrimental thing for them. Yeah, I think that the Celtics did a great job in Game 2 of attacking the rim and creating offense through that. And it's almost like they completely forgot what they were doing tonight. They looked flat on both sides of the ball. I mean, more so on the offensive side, but they looked flat throughout the entire game. I think a lot of that you can attest to Jason Tatum's early foul struggles. Again, it's a a concern. You can't be getting three fouls in the first quarter as a star of the team. Another thing to mention in the first quarter is that Philadelphia had 15 foul shots, nine of them going to Joel Embiid alone. The Celtics scored 26 points in the first quarter. Philadelphia had 24, but 11 of those were off free throws. That They would have been up by a lot if they weren't so lazy on defense and weren't committing these fouls. That They, they had themselves in good position on defense, and they would just slap down the ball, and the refs are going to call it every time. Every time you move your arm downward on the shooter, they're going to call that, even if you get all ball, because I know Grant Williams did it in the game, got all ball on Tobias Harris's layup but they call it a foul because of the downward motion. And I think that they, they got to just know that they're in good position and trust that they made the right play. I mean, to bounce off that Tatum point, I mean, he looked really just like out of rhythm a lot of the game. Um, he looked frustrated out there. Like you could see him. He was throwing his arms up after every foul call, after he'd miss a shot and he'd run back on defense. And you could just tell in his body language, he didn't look like the star we've been seeing these last few games. Yeah, I mean, Jason Tatum was out of this world in the first two games. 31 points in game one, 33 points in game two. He shot six of 19 tonight, two of nine from three. That I think being pulled out of the game and playing no minutes, if any, I don't think he played any minutes in the second quarter. You could just tell it threw him out of rhythm and that when he came back into the game, his shots were just a little bit off. And I think he was really frustrated with himself. He started to get frustrated with the refs that he wasn't getting the foul calls. And overall, it, just, it was not one of Jason Tatum's best games. Another thing I want to talk about is Celtics ran his zone defense for a lot of tonight. And they struggled for a lot of reasons. They were applying a lot of pressure to Joel Embiid and forcing Embiid to pass out to shooters. And luckily, Philadelphia shot 28% from three, or the Celtics would have got blown out tonight because they were not getting back to the shooters. They were giving them way too many uh, wide-open looks. Uh, especially the bench. I, the bench really struggled with the with the zone defense. Romeo Langford and Semi Ojale in particular. I think you can attest that to a lack of experience. But the Celtics need to work on their zone defense if they're going to run that because a team that shoots better than 28% from three will blow you out, especially in a game that you only score 102 points. 
Yeah, when the Celtics switched into that zone defense, um, you could see Embiid just started to look really dangerous out there. Like, if he wasn't scoring, he was finding an open man for three. And there were some points where Josh Richardson and Shake, Shake Milton were just, like, banging threes left and left and right. I mean, they didn't make many, but they were hitting them in a few in a row, and they started to go on a little run for a while. And just look, Embiid looked really dangerous out there. All I want to say – I said this in the second episode as well. Tobias Harris is horrible. I am one of the biggest Tobias Harris haters out there. I mean, the man shot six of 18 tonight, and most of those were open looks, and they weren't, they were inside looks too. That we are so lucky that Tobias Harris is shooting the way he is because any man that is paid $34 million to be a shooter and is shooting like this. I don't even want to know what's going through Philadelphia fans' minds right now. Yeah, he's been definitely struggling. There's, there's no about, doubt about it. Him and Horford, they're, they're not making it any harder for us to win the series. Those two are both owed a combined $289 million by the Philadelphia franchise. That's robbery, if you ask me. <laughs> and these are the same fans. The Philadelphia fans were coming at Boston this offseason – for giving Jalen Brown his huge deal. What, what are they thinking now? I want to know what Philadelphia fans are thinking now. Another thing I want to talk about, Grant Williams. I love Grant Williams. I've been saying that for the whole year. I thought he was decent tonight. He drew two fouls on Horford in the second quarter. This, this stuck out to me because it's a, like a little thing, and I'm a, I'm a little things guy. He drew two fouls on Horford, which forced Joel Embiid back into the game after he'd been taken out two minutes before. So now you're forcing your star, the star player to come back into the game on a short break. And those are the kind of things that are going to win you games. I know it didn't really have that much of a net effect tonight, but going down the stretch, if, Joe, if Grant Williams can do this, then those little things are going to win you games. Yeah, I mean, you see it every, every, every game. Like There's the tiny little impacts that someone who might not be a very significant player will make, and it'll end up either costing someone a game or winning someone a game. Yeah, and I think Ennis Cantor also does a really good job of doing the little things. I don't think he played as good as he did in game two, but he was still much better than Daniel Tysonite, who I think continues to struggle. Um, it's obvious that he is no match for Embiid. He fouled out of the game, very controversial fouls at the end of the game. Yeah, but, never um, gets any calls. Yeah, I mean, yes, the, the referees do hate Daniel Tice. Some of those calls are very questionable, but still, there, there's no reason you got to put yourself in that position. Um, he's struggling both defensively and offensively in this series, and if the Celtics are going to make a run to the finals, Daniel Tice is going to have to be better. We need some of those role players like Tice to make some plays. We can't always rely on the stars because, as we saw tonight, some of them will have a bad night. Some of them will have a good night. What did you think about Kemba? I thought this was by far Kemba Walker's best game of the, of the series, even though it's only been three games. He was a player of the game, in my opinion. 24 points. He was the reason we won, plain and simple. Uh, he was all over the ball on defense. They had two steals and a block. Uh, drew a charge against Tobias Harris, which I love when Kemba Walker draws charges. It's one of my favorite things. Uh, he was knocking down big shots. He shot 10 of 20 from the field. Awesome game from Kemba tonight. Yeah, the thing I think I loved most about Kemba's performance tonight, and you kind of highlighted it a little bit in there, is his defense. He's very active on the defensive end, fighting through screens no matter who it is, like always trying to rotate, make the right plays, always hustling out there. And those are like the little things that 
leaders will do in games that make a whole difference. Cause the second he does it, everyone around him is doing it. And it's like the Marcus smart effect. Everyone around him gets better if he plays hard. And I think he did an unbelievable job of doing that tonight. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. And I think that's what separates Kemba as a leader is that he leads by example and not just in getting buckets and filling up the stat sheet, but by making energy plays like that. And that's why I love him drawing the charges so much. We talked about a lot of negatives tonight for the Celtics, but one positive I wanted to I wanted to point out was they they did close out the game nicely. I mean, granted there were some dumb plays by Philadelphia down the stretch. I have no idea what Josh Richardson was doing fouling Jason Tatum on that clear path. Um, Tatum made one of those free throws, and then I believe they got a bucket after that. So just not a smart play by Josh Richardson. But the last two minutes, the Celtics played really good basketball. Uh, Marcus Smart with all with that great play with the steal, he jumped and passed to Jalen Brown for the easy and one, not easy and one, and one. <laughs> um, but some side notes I want to point out about the game, just some stats. Sixers shot 29.5% from the field. The The fact that this was only a, like an eight-point win, which and it was much closer throughout the entire game, is – astounding to me because you can't be this close in a game where your opponent is shooting sub 30%. That just shows you how bad the Celtics played tonight. And I think a lot of the reason that the Philadelphia stayed into this game was that Boston allowed 20 offensive rebounds, 20 offensive rebounds. That, that is ridiculous. It's almost like they weren't there on, on the defensive glass. Yeah. They, they got to do a better job blocking out going forward. Um, also got to do a better job of limiting their fouls, especially early in the game. Jason Tatum can't keep getting in foul trouble early. Um, they need to do a better job in the zone if they're going to continue to run that. But overall, I think just moving forward, the Celtics got to close out the series in game four. They, they have to sweep them. It, it, it looks like Philadelphia is ready to go home. But most importantly, they have to stay healthy. You can't, you can't lose a guy in a series that you're up 3-0. Especially since they're already down Hayward, you know. Um, Langford looked all right tonight, considering that he was injured or whatever happened to him. But yeah, I want to point before you continue what you were saying, I just want to point out so Langford actually tore a ligament in his wrist and opted not to get surgery. And I think a lot of that had to do with the Gordon Hayward injury. And I think he, I don't know, I, I don't know what hand it's in. But I, I see a lot of Langford. He's really dominant with his right hand. I very rarely see him go up with his left hand. But overall, like the, the Langford injury is just something to monitor going forward. Yeah, I mean, we can't lose. On the topic of staying healthy, we really can't lose anyone in that top five because without Hayward, um, we need all these guys because Tatum, scorer, Brown, scorer, Kemba score if any of them go down it's going to be a tough next series so I think we just gotta really focus on closing out the series without having to play our our main guys big minutes yeah I mean I don't expect Brad to necessarily cut their minutes just because they're up 3-0 I mean you got to close out the series but if you get a big lead in game four then I would expect the guys to kind of take a a back seat but I think it's really essential that this the Celtics win this next game because Toronto is up 3-0 on Brooklyn, and I fully expect them to sweep Brooklyn, although I would love it if Brooklyn would steal a game from them. But uh, the Celtics need to win game four. All right, before we move into the play of the game, 
Um, do you have anything else that you want to add for moving forward? What the Celtics need to do? Yeah, moving forward, I think it's essential that the Celtics bring the same energy that they brought in game two. I mean, you can see the difference in just two days, the type of team they are when they play with energy and without energy. And if, if they want to compete for the East, if they want to compete for a title, they're going to have to play much better than they do, much better than they did tonight. Uh, Jason Tatum, obviously, is going to have some bad games here and there. But the rest of the guys, they got to pick up the slack when he's having those bad games. I mean, Jalen Brown had a decent game tonight, but he didn't do anything special. Kemba Walker really picked it up. But some of these other guys, they need they need to step in and play some good basketball if, if one of the star players is having a bad game. Speaking of good basketball, there's one play that, like, really stands out to me from the game tonight. I mean, I don't know if you have the same play in mind. What do you think? It was the play of the game. I think there's no doubt the play of the game was the Marcus Smart steal, dish out to Jalen Brown for the and one. I mean, that, that right there just shows you the type of player that Marcus Smart is. That he, I mean, he jumps up, makes a nice catch, and right immediately passes the ball to Jalen Brown, goes coast to coast. It's a tough layup and one, and after that, the game was over. I totally agree. Tough finish. Great Marcus Smart-esque play. Um, really helped them get some momentum to close out the game. Yeah, and my player of the game tonight, I think this one's obvious, Kemba Walker. Two points, eight assists, four rebounds, two steals, a block, and it was a team high, plus 13. I mean, he was a leader on the defensive end. He was getting his shots on the offensive end, picking up the slack with Jason Tatum having an off night. Uh, Thankfully, we had Kemba Kemba tonight because if we didn't, we would have lost the game. And I still think we should have lost this game. It was definitely a tough one. All right, Brian. So what's your bottom line going into game four, up 3-0? My bottom line, it, it's simple. That It's a must-win game four. That I got, Like I mentioned, I firmly believe that Toronto is going to sweep Brooklyn, and we got to match them with that. Uh, get as much rest as possible going into the next series. Toronto is going to be a much more difficult matchup. I think they're much better coached. I think Nick Nurse might be the best coach in the NBA. And they have three, two stars and maybe a third star in Fred Van Vliet. I don't know how. We'll get into a a Raptors analysis if the Celtics and the Raptors both advance. But um, I think game four is a must win for the Celtics. that They they have to match whatever Toronto does. And uh, we'll be back after Sunday, game four, to see if they complete the sweep. Oh, no, hand it gone, hand it out of a bone